I was trying to make eye contact with Margaret Watson during the offertory today. I don't know if any of you enjoyed that, but I'm sure she enjoyed that. That has become sort of her, her theme song, her favorite, and we're glad for that. I want you to find your place this morning in the book of Genesis chapter 3. We'll be in Genesis 3 and Genesis 5 both this morning for a little while. Tell you a little bit about a walk that uh, we took. We're looking this morning at walking with God. Sonia and I, I think it was June 7th, 1987, took a walk, changed our lives. It was after evening service, and we were at my sister's house for a little while, and we decided Sonia was uh, nine months. You know what that means, don't you? It was time. In fact, I believe it was a little overtime, but uh, whoever complains about overtime, right? And so we decided we were going to go for a walk, and we walked from her house. We walked for a long while. I looked at Sonia, and I said, are you okay? She said, yeah, let's just keep walking. And I said, fine. We, we walked all the way to 7-Eleven on 360, and uh, we went in and got a drink or an ice cream or something, and I looked at her, and she said, I, I don't think I can walk all the way back. And I said, well, you've got to. I can't carry you all the way back. And uh, we had walked too far. And so somebody came and picked us up, and we got back. And 5 o'clock the next morning, she woke me up. And I said, what is it? And she said, uh, I, I think we should go to the hospital. I said, what? She said, I think it's time. I said, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I said, you, if, it, 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 if the baby's coming today, you better go back to sleep for a little while. It's going to be a long day. I literally said that. I said, Ken, let's go back to sleep for a little while. It's going to be a long day. And she said, no, we're not going back to sleep. <laughs> we're going to the hospital. But uh, that was a long walk. One of the others, I can't remember which one it was, we, we had heard. You know, walking, it works. So we went to uh, Maymont Park, had a picnic. And uh, then we went for a walk. Now, I haven't been back to Maymont Park since. And uh, I thought, if all this walking is bringing all these kids, I'm not walking anymore. That's why I quit. I told the guy, I don't need walking shoes anymore. Do you remember when houses had front porches on them? Remember, that was back in the day before you had a deck on the back of the house. You used to have a porch on the front. Do you remember when people used to walk around the block? And you used to know people that lived next to you. I remember as junior high student and younger when we lived down in Island Springs over in Hotter Lane. I remember occasionally we would get out and we would walk around the block. And those were special times. So now we're dating. There were a lot of walks. I want us to look this morning at this thought. You know, the walk is always made pleasant when you can enjoy the company of the one that you're walking with. And I wanted to talk about this morning, walking with God. Now, if you would, let's stand together. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read two passages, total of about five verses. Genesis chapter 3, and if you would, to verse number 7. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? We'll come back and talk about that in a little while, but just to mark in your mind or on the page. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. Two pages over, if you would please. Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. We are seven generations removed from Adam. And we come to a man by the name of Enoch. And Enoch lived, in verse 21, 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. And I want us to focus on these passages of Scripture and try to grasp what it is to walk with God. Let's pray together. Father, help our moments to be valuable. May they be good. May we be accountable with them. Help me to say the things that you would have me to say. Impress them upon my heart and my mind. Allow me physically to do the best that I can to be your ambassador before these people. Empty me of self that I may be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of the living God may speak to us, to our spiritual need. Direct our thoughts and our intentions. Forgive forgive us of sin this morning. May there be no iniquity that stands between you and us and you and I that would hinder the hearing, the giving, and the receiving of your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, if you would, please. Genesis chapter 3, we read that Adam and Eve and the voice of God came walking in the garden. Imagine what it must have been like. I mentioned the front porch of the house and walking around the block in these special times that we've had in our lives in different places. But in the cool of the evening, at the end of the day, having had the opportunity to enjoy all that God has provided for Adam and Eve. Do you remember where they lived? They didn't live in Richmond, by the way. They lived in a perfect place, the Garden of Eden. That which had actually been poured from the heart of God through the hand of God and the voice of God and created for them. And every good thing was there. And they have all of their life to enjoy. And the one thing that brought joy to the heart of God was to be able to look at all that he had created, including man and woman. And it says that in the cool of the day, God came and and walking with them with his voice, he communed with them, he spoke with them, he talked with them. And then when we read in chapter 5 of Enoch, and Enoch walked. I don't know about you, I'm thankful, and I know that there was a lot more than just years that changed. Can you imagine being 365 years old? John Nichols is falling apart, and he's only 80. We know that men lived longer, the pre-deluge patriarchs, 
Some in 700 years. Methuselah in the 900 years. But the testimony of Enoch is this. He walked with God. An overwhelming thing that I have seen in reading scriptures preparing both my heart and messages for our church in recent weeks has been this. What is the testimony of God toward you? Remember what God said of David? He's a man after my own heart. Remember last week what God said of Job to say, have you considered my servant Job? Look at him. God's testimony of Enoch, that God and Enoch walked together. According to the medical authorities, walking is one of the most uh, beneficial exercises that your body can be uh, can, can be subjected to. It's good for the heart. It's good for the blood pressure. They say it's good for the mind. It gives you the opportunity to, to just let go for a few minutes. Now, listen to this. Did you realize that the average person walks seven to 8,000 steps a day? I was watching somebody the other day, and they kept watching their walk. In fact, uh, Tanner, your dad does this. I know. I've seen him do it. Uh, my brother-in-law, Mike Vest, I was at their house back around. Well, I can't remember when it was, but I was there. I remember. And Mike had his watch. He was doing this. And I thought, boy, he's, he's a nervous wreck. And after a while, you know, you're talking to somebody. They're doing this. I said, what, what are you doing? He said, I'm counting my steps. He said, I got to get 10,000 steps. And he kept looking at his watch. And his watch counts his steps. So I thought, wow. So I got one of those watches, and I wrapped it around our dog. I'm just kidding. Seven to 8,000 steps a day are the average. That means in your lifetime, you're going to walk 2.5 million steps. If you want to do the math on that, that means you're going to walk 115,000 miles in your lifetime. Is it any wonder we're worn out? There's a man in Wisconsin that was the first in 1974 to walk all the way around the globe. 15 to 16,000 miles. Wore out 22 pairs of shoes and three mules. They auctioned his shoes off when he got back, the last pair. The left shoe sold for $140 and the right shoe sold for $170. Somebody has more money than they do sense to buy two worn out shoes for that kind of price. Can you imagine what that man saw as he walked around the world? Can, can you imagine him walking through the deserts of the African continent? And he comes upon some of the herding tribes that are there. And he thinks the world is a desolate place. Until he walks into Hong Kong or Tokyo. And you can hardly walk for the volume of people. And he says, wow, the world is overpopulated. And then he walks from the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea. That ought to be a song. You go from the west coast of the United States to the east coast of the United States, there's a drastic difference. But can you imagine what he saw as he was on the walk? He walked around the globe. I want us to understand something today that this Christian life is a walk. 
God's desire for us today is to walk with us. I'll let you do the search and the study to find out how many times our Bible talks to us about our walk with the Lord. Walking in the Holy Spirit. Enoch is a striking personality of the Old Testament. He's one of two men who the Bible said he walked with God. He's one of two men who lived without passing through death. I wouldn't mind being the third. I don't know that I would ever be that, but the Bible says that he is one of two that didn't die, that God took him. And he's the only one, except for the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Bible says this, he pleased God. He pleased God. He's a striking person. Several things regarding this spiritual walk that I'd like for us to look at this morning. And then to think this, that tonight we're going to come back and we're going to talk about enhancing our walk, bettering our walk. Number one is this. This walk that we're on in life spiritually, this walk, first of all, it's with God. It's a walk with God. What a privilege. What an opportunity. I have watched folks walking. Last Sunday morning, we finished the service here. We walked out of the building, went to the back, and I made the right-hand turn to go over to where I was parked, and Danny and Sarah Mall were walking through the parking lot. Holding hands. Up close. They are in love. They have been married now for just a couple of months. Sunday night, I believe it was Sunday night, I watched them again walking across the parking lot. And they were holding hands because they're in love. And they're up next to each other. They're sitting there this morning. Yeah, y'all look over there. They're sitting over there. Danny, Danny's sitting right up next to Sarah. His arm is wrapped around her and her face is turning red. And he has her shoulder like this and he pulls. Isn't it, isn't it fun to watch new love? Several months ago when my uncle was in the hospital and we had the opportunity to go there to talk with him and a few days later before his surgery, mom and dad came down we went to lunch the day he was having surgery. We went down into Whitesburg, the huge metropolitan Whitesburg. No stoplights, no anything. And the town where they grew up, little city that they grew up, and the just one little block of buildings, and most of them are closed, but the old tire company that used to sell tires out of the storefront had closed and somebody converted it into a little diner thing and we had lunch there. And I watched as mom and dad stood up to walk out. They were in front of us and they got to the door. And my mom and dad this year, this summer, will have been married 60 years. And as they approached the door to leave the building, I look and they're holding hands. I'm glad they're still holding hands. I got a picture on my phone. From, from following behind them, I snapped the picture. Then they turned out onto the street there in Whitesburg and they went up to, to get into the handicapped van. 
after 60 years. And they walked up the same streets, the same street where they first knew each other and they first fell in love. And they were walking hand in hand. For both of these illustrations, isn't it a joy in life to walk with those that you love? Notice what the Bible said about Enoch and Enoch walked with God. This walk, this spiritual walk is far different as we're walking with God. Enoch, his walk emphasizes a very important relationship between humanity and divinity, between God and man. The weak and limited Enoch walking with that which is most... We're walking with God. The same God who the Bible says that in the beginning God created. With His spoken word, all that is came into existence. We're walking with God. The God who tells the sun when to rise and when to fall. And according to the Old Testament, when to stand still. We're walking with God. The same God who controlled the rain in the day of Noah. And moved the clouds and brought in the breeze and dried the water. That's who we're walking with. We're walking with the true and living God. The God that covers himself with light. The God who himself has all honor and all majesty. The God that laid the foundation of the earth. The God that causes... Isn't it it beautiful outside right now? We've got company from West Virginia here. Don't stone them. We've got company from West Virginia here. And you know what they're saying right now? We don't have anything green in West Virginia. In our yard, we have Bradford pear trees. I came out the other morning, and they were all white. I thought, how did that happen? God controls all of that. The fields out near where we live in the fall were planted with rye are green and lush. I'm walking with the God in my life because I know Him. I've accepted Him. My spiritual walk is with the God who greens the earth. That's who we're walking with. An important part of this walk is who we're walking with. This walk is with God. Let me tell you this. Jesus says of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Pilate was only one of the men of history that have said this. What is truth? Man has questioned truth. Since the Old Testament. How do we know what is truth? Those that follow Buddha say Buddha is truth. Those that follow Confucius say Confucius. Teachings bring us truth. Those who follow uh, through uh, Allah and the prophet Muhammad say that Allah is God and Muhammad is prophet. There's truth. None of those and none of the gods of this world can stand up, do stand up and say this to us. I am truth. But ours does. And this is the God who we walk with in our spiritual walk, the God of truth. The voice of Jesus Christ speaks loud and clear. I am the truth. 
He does not say to us, I am sincerity. There's never been a soul that has gone to heaven because they were sincere. Can I tell you that Adolf Hitler was a sincere man. He was sincere about what he did. But do you know what we know about him today? He was sincerely wrong. Jim Jones, that took the group over into Africa and commanded nearly a thousand people to commit suicide at one time. Everyone that followed him was sincere. But they were sincerely wrong. Jesus says to us, I am the truth and this is who we walk with. Psalm 86. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. First, we walk with God. Number two, second, this walk is a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. How was Enoch able to please God? Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 5 tells us this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Enoch walked with God by faith. Faith is full reliance, even when you don't understand. I would love to have been around when Noah was walking by faith, driving whatever pegs into the ark. And as he's hammering, I wonder if in his mind he didn't say, I don't understand it, I don't get it. But for 120 years, he kept going. By faith. By faith. God's a big God. He's a God of maximum, not minimum. He's a God of might and miracle. He's unlimited in his power. Paul said to Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, not that we are sufficient to ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is in God. Sufficiency. What does that mean, our sufficiency is in God? God is enough. God is enough. You see, that's the difference of people that walk by faith and don't walk by faith. Those that walk by faith say this, God is enough. Wherever he leads, wherever he directs, Let's revert back to the illustration at the beginning. We walked halfway in our walk, and I looked at Sonia and said, Can you, you ready to go back? And she said, no, I think we can go some more. Well, you go on, I'm going back. Imagine that young lady, nine months expected, walking up 360. Listen. I love you, but this is far enough. We're a long way from the car. This is getting, I don't, understand, I don't know why you want to go any further. I say that to say this, that's what we do in our spiritual life. We walk with God for a while, but then you know what we say? He's not enough. Because he hasn't shown me where the end of the walk is. 
Because I don't understand what's between here and the end of the walk, I become fearful of what's between here and the end of my walk. I know where I've been. I know what's in the past. And I know that I'm okay with that. I can survive that. I'm just going to turn around and walk this way. And then we're no longer walking with God. In front of us. And a lot of us in this room, we have a lot more days behind us than what we have in front of us. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And we're fearful of that. Our walk with God in faith, and the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and that walk and he pleased God and it's impossible to please God without faith so he's walking in faith and for all of these years 365 years he never turned back Job never cursed God Job I don't know that Job ever questions God but Job just says whatever God has for me remember the verse though he slay me I don't know what's up the road from here But I'm still going to walk because my walk is with who? God. And he is my sufficiency. It's a walk of faith. Walking in faith means walking in God's power. It means that we're walking in God, through God, and for God. Our lives do not have to be. They don't have to be sick and anemic. We can be men and women, Christians, who are keenly aware of the sufficiency of God. Ephesians chapter 1, we've been there for a few uh, Wednesday evenings. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? He says in chapter 3 verse number 7, the effectual working of His power. He says in Romans chapter 16, to Him that is the power to, uh, has the power to establish you. Paul says, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. It's a walk. It is a walk that is walked by the power of God. It's a walk. Walking by faith also means growing in Christ. I'd sort of like to have a mural picture, I guess. In in being their son, I'd like to have a picture of my parents when they were in their teens walking up the street in Whitesburg before and after. I don't know that I'll live that long for Danny and Sarah, but somebody take a picture of them today walking to the church parking lot holding hands. One of you young whippersnappers that are still around here in 50 or 60 years, take a picture of them as older people when they fill in the shoes for the rest of us. All along life's way. You know, the difference is, and Danny thinks he knows all about Sarah now. He's still learning, I'm sure. You see, when you first get married, when you fall in love and you pop the question, you think, I know everything there is to know about a person. I have an idea Sarah has some doubts about right now. I didn't, I'm just kidding. Sarah says, I didn't know that. (laughs) I know Danny's feet smell that bad. It's a growing process. I'm privileged to be Danny's pastor. 
I told you this, Danny came to me a few years ago and said, Preacher, please, would you pray for me that God would bring somebody into my life that would love me and I could love them? And then one day Danny came in and he sat down and he said, I met this girl. I said, you did? I said, what's her name? And he told me. And I said, where's she from? And he told me. And I began to ask him a few questions, and he didn't have very many answers. But then there's a lot of phone calls. And to watch them over the last year and a half or so grow, and they're still growing. I'm giving you all of that time and illustration to say this. Our walk with God ought to be growing. If you're no different today than you were last year, something's wrong with your walk. You say, well, preacher, I've been saved for 45 years. I've been saved for 365 years. If your walk today is what it was 40 years ago, something's wrong. I remember hitting the age when my parents answered the question with the same words. You say, well, what are you saying, preacher? Ask them the same question in two places, two separate places, and they give you the same verbatim answer. You know what the Bible says? The two shall become one. Now, the day they got married, that wasn't true. It's the walk that draws closeness. Walking with Christ demands growing in Christ. And then when we walk with God by faith, we also experience fellowship with Him. Our lives have been, and our marriage, have been through seasons. There's the seasons of, you know, when you fell in love, I rolled my eyes at Sonia and she rolled them back and all that. You've heard all of those things. And then going to ask her dad if I could marry her. And then getting married and having kids, building a home together, facing injury together. Eight weeks after we were married, I was involved in an accident that put me in bed for 10 weeks. Burdens and blessings and sickness and health and poverty and wealth as your marriage vows go. You go through all of that, and what does it do? It develops, it strengthens, and it grows the relationship. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. And lest it all be a physical illustration today, may I say this? What a joy it's been since June 1st, 1981, for me to walk with God. I've grown. Am I where I need to be? No. God's still working on me. And he can as long as I walk with him. There are three guides in this walk 
or three things that we could mention in this walk that happen. First of all, in this walk, God guides us. God guides us. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will guide. He will be our guide even unto death. And that's Psalm 48 and verse number 14. What does that mean? He arranges the details. A quick physical illustration of he is our guide. The boys and I, plus Wyatt Durrett, had been on a very biblical fishing trip. You know the ones we had fished all night and caught nothing. And I was rather tired of buying bait. I had never done this before, decided to do it. and We were, we were talking about it. John was, they came in yesterday for his birthday for a little while. And we were talking about this for a few minutes. And I hired a guide. I paid $250 for the four boys and myself to go on a boat with somebody that knew what they were doing. And we had heard about striped bass. I know there were striped minnows. I'd just never seen striped bass. And we got up early and we went out and got on the boat. It's a pontoon boat kind of thing. And we went out, this old country young guy. He's a young guy, but just as country as you can get. He said, now I'm going to take you to the fish. I said, well, I appreciate it. He said, no, I didn't say I was going to catch the fish. I'm going to take, them to, take you to them. And, I, and here's what he said. I have provided everything. I provided the boat. I'm providing the rods. I'm providing the lures, the bait. I'm your guide. He took us out and he looked at this. This is cheating, but he had a screen. And he said, we are on top of fish right now. And if you don't catch them, it's your fault. And about the time he said that, and there were like seven rods out around that boat, about the time he said that, every one of those rods went fly, 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 fly. And he didn't get excited. We were. He just looked and said, Told you so. And we did that until we caught our limit. That's all we could catch. We had fished five days. And we didn't catch a thing that was keeping size. But the guide, why am I telling you this? Because the scripture says he's our guide. He knows right where to take us. He provides everything for us to be successful. He is our guide. Notice also that he is our comfort. Deuteronomy 33 says this, Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. That didn't sound like a lot of comfort to me. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. He's our guide. He's our comfort. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 most of us can quote the verse, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Have you ever wondered what it would be like? I saw this week an eagle flying back over this way, just soaring through the air. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. I've never flown like that outside of an airplane. 
They shall run and not be weary. I've not done that either. They shall walk and not faint. He's our guide. He's our comfort. He protects us. David said, he is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, my build, my buckler, my salvation, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And we can only say that if we're walking with God. The third thing is this about this walk. This walk leads home. This walk leads home. Hebrews 11 verse 5. By faith Enoch was translated. That he should not see death. And was not found. Because God translated him. For before his translation. He had this testimony. That he pleased God. What does that word translation mean? He was translated. Carried over. Carried across. You've heard people say that Enoch was walking with God one day. And God said, well, we've walked a long way. We're as close to my house as we are your house. Would you like to come over? And that God took it. Death is a, a force that divides this world from the world to come. And he is only one of two men mentioned in the scripture. And I say in a humorous way, I'd like to be the third that way. I don't look forward to death. And by that, you know what I'm saying, the vehicle of death. I hope I'm not taken out of here by a distracted driver. Several months back, I was down here at the bend in the road, and somebody coming at me with their head straight down. I could tell they were on the phone. In my lane, I only have one of two choices. Sit there and let them hit me or go into a concrete culvert ditch. I'll leave it to you which one I chose. I, I, I don't want to die by a car crash. I, I pray that I don't have to linger. But Elmo Adams' brother told me last week, he said, I'm jealous of my brother. He said, yeah, I'm jealous because he's in heaven, but I'm also jealous because of the way he went. He said he just went quick. Enoch didn't even go through that. He was translated. And the book of Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 4, and we'll stop with this today. Verse 4 says, Thou hast a name, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they walk with me. Of course, we know that this is speaking in heaven. And they walk with me. In white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. This, this walk, this walk with God, this walk by faith, this walk, it, it leads us somewhere. It leads us home. 
Do you, do you know where your God wants you today? I say this in two ways. He looks forward to you being with him in heaven. And that will happen at the appointed time. He is anticipating our being with him. I think the heart of Jesus today longs for the Father to say, and those of you who have been around, you remember Tommy Stone singing that song. Son, it's time to go get the children. I think Jesus looks forward to the day when the Heavenly Father says, Jesus, it's time. Go get them. And Jesus steps out in the cloud, what the Scripture says, and we hear the trump of God and the voice of God and takes His on. That's what He wants. He wants to end the walk. But if you're alive, He doesn't want to end it today. There's a purpose and a reason for us being here. And I believe what we're going to see happen is one of these days, as heaven rejoices that our walk is over, and whether it be by death that we enter heaven or by rapture that we enter heaven, we've been walking with Jesus, we've been walking with God, we've been walking by faith, we've been anticipating the end, and suddenly the end comes. And we stand before God and we stand before Christ Jesus. And here's, this isn't your preacher saying this. This is what Jesus said. I will introduce you. I will confess you to the Father. And just as God said to Satan, have you seen Job? Have you considered Job? I think Jesus will look and say, Father, this is Jim, this is John, this is Joe, this is whoever the name is. They're saved by my blood. Father, he's walked with me. We've talked about it. And we'll get to know our Father God. But let me tell you this, we have to first walk with him. Walk with God. What did it say of Enoch? And Enoch walked with God. Don't abandon God. Because you don't understand where he's leading. You don't understand the direction. You don't. And listen, God's pace is different. Back to the physical illustration. My wife and I walk at different paces. And uh, put your hands over yours. Back up there. Keep them up there. It can be aggravating. Because she gets in front of me. And I have to alter my pace. So I swoop out around her. We may not understand God's pace because God's pace is different from ours. But you know, I've never told her, Sonia, if you don't pick up the pace, I'm leaving you. Thirty-four years for us, and I've learned this. 
adjust your pace if you want to walk with her. Spiritually, sometimes I've got to adjust my pace if I want to walk with God. Now, my grandkids, they don't know anything about adjusting pace. If there's anything that's going to make me run in life, it'll be my grandkids. Stop running. I can't catch up with you. Sometimes we run ahead of God in our pace and we're not walking with him. And sometimes we walk slower than God. Sometimes we walk faster than God and we're not walking with God. Do you want this testimony? He pleased God. God took joy in walking with Enoch. Does God take joy in walking with you? Are you walking with God? Do you know Christ as your personal Savior today? If you don't, come forward at invitation. Let someone show you the scripture, how you can be born into Christ and have a relationship with him. And walk hand in hand, just like Danny and Sarah in their new love relationship. You get to know God. Are we walking God's pace? Are we walking by faith? And do we understand what the future holds? Let's pray together. Father, please help us now to examine our walk. Your